It's everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts, and sometimes a guest, discuss whatever they want regarding Utah, and mostly stay on topic. It's the new Utah Podcast, with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. Is it just me, or was that really loud for everyone? That was really hot. It was pretty loud. Oh, I think so my speakers... Yeah, I think just... there we go. I think my speakers were turned way up on the laptop. The sound out. <laughs> Is that what was causing our spikes yeah. the last couple weeks? Mm, maybe. Oh, I need to turn up. See, we didn't do any sound checks, and I've been fucking with my laptop sound quite a bit. And so, like that first intro of episode two hundred and sixteen of the New Utah Podcast was really quiet. So I'll be able to normalize it because I'm a ma- fucking magician. <laughs> <laughs> We don't, for those of you that don't know, I don't edit shit out of this show, like, ever. One time, one time I've edited content, and that's because Jess fucked up one time, and she's not lived it down. But only one time in four years, that's a pretty good track record. But it was such a monumental, awesome fuck-up that we still talk about it, because it's funny. When you mess up, it's funny. When I mess up, I take Twitter down. Yeah, when you mess up, it hurts us for, like, a month. And I spill water on the sound equipment. Yeah, you fuck you up. You cost bad. us money. Jess just makes us laugh. It's true. Jess, we're not. To be fair, we're not making any money on Twitter. That's true. Okay, Unless true. Jess has figured out a way to monetize Twitter, we are not making money on Twitter. Is that even a thing? I don't think so. I don't think so. Twitter monetizes itself. Yeah. I guess the way you monetize Twitter is your Wendy's. Have you ever watch? <laughs> have you ever li- looked at their Twitter account? It's funny. It's the best. Follow them. If you don't follow Wendy's, they that's funny. of all the corporate shillings that you should follow, they're the best. They are so they're fucking just on the ball. Awesome. Yeah, and they don't. They're super aware, and I love it. And they don't. They don't give a shit about uh, offending people. They fucking rail on every other fast food place. It's so glorious, and it's funny when when other fast food places have tried to imitate what Wendy's does. They just they're not good at it. So whoever yeah. is in charge of Wendy's social media. They should make a lot of fucking money. I hope they make a shit ton of money. And it's probably like a fucking 19-year-old. Probably. <laughs> no, because it's been no. doing the same thing for a while. Okay, it's got to be at least like, like 25 or 28 or something like that. Yeah. But they're definitely of the Twitter generation. <laughs> it's definitely not like a 45-year-old middle-aged dude running that Twitter account. Nope, because it would have gone down. Yeah. Oh, man, you are listening to a show about Utah where we talk about Wendy's. Or nothing. There's Wendy's in Utah. Uh, This last week, you guys do anything fun? So I've got the the final B update for the season. Okay. Should I do this? Pretty much. So first part of last week, they were super active. Uh, so I was thinking, oh, maybe they made maybe a comeback. Made a queen. And, you know, maybe they made a new queen. Maybe they did something. So I let it go, and it, they were really active. Uh, so then this last weekend, I... They were they really fighting off an invasion of murder hornets? I didn't see any murder hornets. Okay. But when I opened it up on Sunday to kind of see where we're at, all the honey was gone. Oh, so they left. So it was not my bees. It was another... It was colony. another hive. They were bees. They were Bee thieves. thieves. Another hive. Honey thieves. Another hive probably came in, noticed they that their numbers were really low, most likely killed off whatever was in there, and then took all the honey. Well, that happens. So, 
<laughs> what are you going to do? What can you do? Nothing. Close it up. That's uh, that's yeah. all you can. I just closed it up permanently, and we'll try again next or year. Or you could leave it open, and maybe that colony will move into it. Yeah, you can steal someone else's bees. Steal somebody else's bees. Yeah, who knows where they came from? That could be, honestly, Jeremy, it could be one of your colonies that moved at some point. They're like under the deck or they're something. Like, they're, <laughs> it's like, they're like, we want our house back. They're probably across the street in the fucking weird quail yard. Oh, yeah. With the fucking guinea pigs or guinea hens. Somewhere in there. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. But yeah, so. Maybe that's why the guinea hens are always squawking. Maybe the bees are stinging them. Messing with them. <laughs> You know what's funny is like, that's an accurate representation, folks, of the fucking guinea hens. It's not even across close to street. loud enough. No, well, I don't want to blow their eardrums. But it's funny because you hear the owners yelling at him, "Shut up!" And it's like if you own a, <laughs> you know, they've been fu- that's not a new thing. <laughs> I've been your friend and been over to your house for fuck. How long have you been there? Ten years. Well, you, yeah, I've I'll, been there almost fourteen years. Yeah. You've been coming over for ten, ten years. Ten years I've been coming over to your house, and those ten years those fucking guinea, fucking guinea hens have been making that noise. And they oh, live up man. to 50 years. That's fucking crazy. So they don't die. No. But yeah, when you hear the homeowners yelling at them, shut up. That tells you something. Maybe they need to find a different pet. Yeah. that's. Uh, I wonder if we can get a uh, guinea fowl sound. Guinea fowl. <laughs> I, I think you did that pretty well. It's pretty fucking crazy. Okay, here we go. Let's see if this YouTube video will do it. First, you have to get an ad. They're going to sound the alarm. That's across from your house. Except for louder. You need a... Two of them. I'm not going to say that. And they squawk back and forth. I wonder if that played through. I don't know if anyone heard it. Should I play it again? Hold on. Now we have to listen to it again. Yep, I want our audience to hear it in the background. I'm just going to play this the rest of the podcast. Oh, please, God, this is don't. what it's like, by the way, hanging out at Jeremy's house. Every barbecue. <laughs> it's fucking annoying. That is actually what they sound like. It scared Jody the last time. I don't think she'd noticed him before. Maybe she did, and she just didn't remember. And she just like, looked at Heather, and she's like, Heather just shook her. <laughs> so not only do we not have bees, but when I told you to take that honey two weeks ago, and you were like, nah, I got to leave it for him. should have. Next time, will you listen to me? <laughs> no, probably not. You I was just, hoping they'd, I don't know. You know who else holds out hope for fake things? Who's that? All religious people. <laughs> <laughs> that just offended half Aww. our listeners. The other that half was super are sad. So that was my depressing weekend news. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, Jess, do you have better news? I mean, you fucked up your back, apparently. So. Uh, yeah, but that was like two and a half months ago. But I finally... That was a lot... By the way, my chiropractor, Dr. Vance, at Salt City Chiropractor, he is a shiznit. He is freaking amazing. Um, Did he do that thing where he walks on you? Have you seen that when they got the bar up above you? No, he, used ten, he does TENS units. He does massage therapy. He does adjustments. And he does ultrasound. He did... All of those on my back. All today. of those things feel really good. It was amazing. So I go back on Tuesday for another because it's really bad. I like it, it hurt. Like if hurts. I had a significant other that like touched my lower back, it would have been incredibly painful. But uh, since I don't, I uh, don't even know. Or is anyone else really loud, or should I turn my own? I'm I'm good now. <laughs> I'm okay. Will you turn me down? So are you too it, loud in your ears? It hurts really while they're loud. doing it, but then afterwards it feels. No, it hurts. I was if you've ever had a massage and your body hurts after you had a massage because all of the like. There's like release and all your toxins are going out. It feels like that. So the S1 
is your sacroiliac lumbar, your S1, which basically is like this massive muscle that goes down your butt and into your leg. Uh, that's been sprained, apparently. <laughs> and so... Uh, that's affected like my muscles and my Should legs. It makes bulge? it makes my no that- <laughs> it it makes my back really weak. Like even just to climb stairs. Huh. Um, and I this it wasn't going away because I usually do have pain in my hip from my muscle, but so I was like, well, maybe it's my organs or. Anyways, it just wasn't going away. So I finally went and saw him today, and he was amazing. But uh, I did do something awesome. I got up at three thirty on Sunday morning. And drove down uh, Redwood Road about, I don't know, like 15 or 20 minutes from my house uh, to see the Neowise Comet. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did I tell you that wasn't the comet I pointed out this morning? I found out that's Venus. Yes. yes Venus is in the east sky right now. And it's And it's bright. super bright. Yeah, you, Jupiter you is out right now as well. Yeah. But um, so the first part of just if there are listeners that don't know anything about it, because I've been tracking it for a few days. Um, it was discovered in March, um, and I think it came into our solar system in March, but I'm not sure. Um, it's been in the morning sky between... Like 3.30 three, five. It's about... It, it literally, and I hate using that word, it disappeared at 5.15, like you couldn't even see it anymore. Um, it sh- no, it showed up at about 4. I think my first picture was at like 4.10-ish. Um, but I think it was what I saw the other night. The other morning. No, well, it, but only in that time. So, yeah, it was like, starting the you, you starting. You get up at like four thirty to go walk. Starting quite possibly starting because it's in the it was in the north East, northeast yeah. northeast yep, um, and then starting yesterday, so Monday at night, it will it won't be visible in the mornings anymore. It's uh, the reason it was in the morning was because it was headed towards the sun and now it's headed away from the sun. Yeah, that's so fast. And so like and so it is now in the evening sky about an hour after sunset. So people West, are saying Northwest. between like yep, ten and ten thirty ish. Um so it's just below the Big Dipper, about um, three fist mm-hmm. heights um, above the horizon, and it actually does work because the one that was in when it was in the northeast, they said it was ten degrees. If you hold your arm up and you put your fist like right above the horizon, that's ten degrees, and that's exactly where it was at. Mm. Um, Yes, you can see it with your eyes. It's not super bright. Skip binoculars. Um, you can see the tail with binoculars. Yeah. Um, I did the astrophotography. Um, I got my tripod. It was super awesome. And um, there's, I mean, if not, if you can't see it, there's amazing photos. The tails, they said, is three miles wide. and. Wow. Um, once it leaves our inner space, um, it w- it wouldn't be back in our orbit for about sixty eight hundred years. Yeah, if it's actually orbiting, correct, correct. It, or if it doesn't, well, or if it doesn't break up, because that's what yeah. they thought would have happened when it was going towards the sun is that it would have gone into the sun, but it didn't. So, yeah, it's pretty it, cool. <laughs> it, it is really cool, and I was actually wa- really nerdy. <laughs> so I've been speaking of nerdy. I've been watching How the Universe Works, one of my favorite shows ever made. Micro does all the narration for it. Um, and it's not to be confused with the universe, which was much shorter lived. Um, although I think the universe is actually better, but how the universe works, um, they did a, a big episode on, um, Jupiter. Jupiter is the biggest one, right? Yeah, Jupiter. Um, and how 
like Jupiter's because of Jupiter's size, that's actually one of the things that protects the Earth from most comets and asteroids just fucking careening into us because Jupiter fucks up all of their orbits and all of their trajectories because of the gravity that it has. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of that. Also, speaking of science, did you guys see Grant Amahara died? I yes. heard that. What happened? A brain. He actually had an aneurysm. Or say, brain aneurysm. When I read this morning, no one was saying or no one knew yet. He's so. not. He's not very old, is he? Forty nine. So Grant Imahara is the one of the. Um, um, do, 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 do. I'm breaking news. Chris just talked about a celebrity death. Yeah, which is weird, <laughs> but I think because he's a science nerd, he's not just a celebrity. Like he's a. It was from he was an um, engineer. Right? Um, what the fuck is the name of the show? Mythbusters. It's, it's MythBusters, uh, and that show interesting. Like the two guys, Jamie and Adam fucking hate each other in real life they're not friends at all that's funny um but uh grant if you watch the show at all it was grant and the girl amy and i think that was the girl's name something and then some weird white dude um but grant was always seemed like one of the, the smarter of the three i think and the, the girl is fucking super smart but they were all here for comic-con um a oh. few years back um but anyway, um, they tried to do the show without Amy or without Jamie and Adam, uh, with just those three. Did not last. <laughs> um, but that sucks. He was really young. Um, Jess, you've been to the Wheeler Farm Market, right? Almost every week. I went the I last had no, week after work. We we were there this this last Sunday because by accident. Yeah, we had a, a dog training thing at the park. Oh, where, we totally forgot. And I had I forgot the, the farmers market was there, and I got there, and I'm like, what the fuck are all these people here on a Sunday for? And we pulled up, and I'm like, oh, it's the farmers market, and it looked like a nice happening market. Yeah, it's it's pretty busy. Um, I mean, it's small, but if you have just a few things to get, like you know what though, it didn't look all that much smaller than the downtown market. The way they've shrunk the downtown market with just yeah, I, well, that, no, there's definitely more <laughs> the, the downtown yeah. farmers market, but. They're, they've allowed, this is, this is my curiosity, I guess, is that they're the exact same health department, um, both in Salt Lake County and the Wheeler Farm has allowed some craft vendors and food trucks. Lots but, of food trucks. I swear I saw like um, five or six of them. So, was, yeah, there was only, there, yeah. To be fair. And, they're, and they're, they are spread out, but I don't. My guess is the food truck thing is just a decision from the Salt Lake Farmer's Market based on spacing and where they want to put people. My guess is that is a decision to keep because the food was a big congregation area. And that's that. that's my guess. Yeah, but they I mean, because I don't people, think that people are still going to congregate at Willer Farm. There's plenty of grass to go sit on. Sure. But again, I think that was a decision from the market leadership downtown with downtown Alliance to do that. No, and I get it, but I feel like Wheeler Farm should have made the same decision for the same reason. Yeah, probably, or limited a little more, because there were quite a few there food trucks. There were a ton of people there. So, well, like, if you go to the downtown market, there's usually a truck or two off on the outskirts, because they can't stop them from doing business, like, on the edge of the park. I think I'm there too early to see that. They, so. they just can't go into the park and do the stuff. I will say though, we were at the farmer's market on Saturday picking up cherries because I don't think they'll be there after this week. Um, and uh, I saw uh, sheriff's officers, I think they were sheriff, they might have been Salt Lake City PD, but with um, polos and the, the badge polos that they wear sometimes, like the bike cops and stuff would normally wear, uh, telling people 
to fucking no, take cops their dogs get out, out of cars in those too. They like, you, there are huge signs when you walk into the park. And there were four over. dogs when I walked in, like yeah. right in front of the sign. And I that's like, where they stopped. These yeah. guys was right, in, like they were sitting right in front of the dang sign that says no dog. Now, to be fair, the cops like I can't stop you from bringing your dogs here. It's a public space. It's a public park. But they have the inner part of the park reserved. You cannot take your dogs onto the sidewalk. You need to stay at least in the track or on the outside sidewalk with your dogs. And please don't let people pet your dogs because nothing against your dogs. They're probably fine, um, but you don't know where all those people have been. And we don't really want people petting dogs and then other people petting dogs and passing the virus through your dog because that's not cool. Yeah. And they, have, they haven't proved that that does or doesn't. No, and it doesn't matter. Like, just don't fucking well, bring no, your dog. Not, not, not pass, like, give it to the dog, and then the dog gives know. it to you, but pass, like, it's on their fur, and then right. somebody else comes up. And, and pets them and gets it, or it gets on an apple that you eat, and, you know, the whole thing. You just get COVID from dog fur. Um, should I write that down? Get COVID from dog COVID fur? COVID from dog fur. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I just, it was nice to see uh, a police officer doing it, because I'm sure the market people don't want to be dicks right but for fuck's sake there's so many people with dogs there like there's so many signs you can't walk 10 feet without seeing a sign that says no dogs please like big wear fucking your mask signs. no dogs and then you've got the people with yeah, the and they're in the mouth they're big they're wider than i am yeah they're yeah, enormous they're signs they're on they're on those giant like sandwich forty things yeah. i also noticed this week that they put on the grass no um gathering signs yeah because they don't want people parking it on the grass mm-hmm. and hanging out and um yeah it's so they're trying to the do whole, their best. the whole thing is to treat it like it's a grocery, a grocery store, store. Have your list because that's how they're able stuff. to be open down there, right? So it's pretty easy. I mean, it's pretty easy with the same vendors. Like to be fair, too, isn't Wheeler Farm private space? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a private venue. It's not a public venue. It's a. I think it's still a city. I don't think so. I think it's it a. I think, and that might be why, because if they're a private venue, they can do whatever the fuck they want. They still have to have mass gathering permits if they're going to have a mass gathering. But having an open air market really for them isn't all that different than just people coming into the park because right. they don't attract the same kind of crowd. Um, it's operated by Salt Lake County Parks and Rec. Huh. Interesting. I thought it was private. Well, then my theory goes out the window. I don't fucking know. Good job, Wheeler Farm, for paying people off. That is run by the county, apparently. I don't know. I like to go there on Sundays because Petra's there with her German pastries. Well, I I think we might start going down there because, like, the exposure of... Because, first off, the animals, the farm animals, do not give a fuck about anything. We were trying to desensitize dogs and, like, take them and show them how to interact with other animals. And there's, like, sheep, like, basically sleeping up against the fence line. You can walk right up to them with the dog. Dogs were like freaking out, yeah. barking inches from the sheep, and they didn't even fucking lift their heads no, up. They're they so not. used to people yeah. being around. Which is a fantastic way to desensitize your dogs to those sorts of things. That's so. cool that you're, you're training people to do that. Yeah, That's I was cool. They do that once a week. They go out and about. Yeah, somewhere. and we, they were actually at the Peace Gardens yesterday. We just didn't go. Um, there's a fire update. <laughs> So I, I I went to my cousin's house. She lives in Mill Creek. She's off of like. Did she get evacuated? No, she was far enough down. But when I we watched Hamilton again this weekend, and when I pulled out, I could there's smoke 
like right in front of her house we up were, on the mountain yeah, and i we were, was like i just called her i was like hey just so you know your 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 hill's on fire we, again we were gonna so we were gonna go hiking up mill creek again on sunday but saturday night i was looking for where to go hiking and i saw mill hey, creek fire evacuation yep. i'm like they had already, you know, recalled the evacuation order, but like, I don't want to go hiking now up the canyon that's been on fire like the night before. That's a little right, and it and it was just like to the north of the mountain. It wasn't. Of it. A, it wasn't a ton of acreage, but still. no, no, it wasn't. So there's been now 700 fires. Seventy-seven percent uh, are human caused. So the one down in Goshen yesterday on Monday um, was because somebody uh, dropped a cigarette on the ground. So there's that. <laughs> I can't fucking believe that's still a thing that happens. Hasn't Smokey the Bear taught you anything, fuckers? <laughs> well, then I saw one that a 19-year-old kid, they arrested him because he started one of them with a lighter. Um, the one down in St. George today was from fireworks, by the way. Also, That has a lot of evacuations too, didn't it? July 14th, yes, it does. So does Veo. 77%. The, the Veo one was lightning. Right, right. I, yeah, I'm not. I, I might think they have said been, that was lightning. It might have been, but that one is massive, and it was like zero percent contained this morning. So utahfireinfo.gov, folks, yeah. if you want to see. There's also. I wish that I would have written down the tweet, but there's a really cool website that does a sky tracking of the smoke, like na- like nationally, and it's it's really cool. It's like I'm a radar. I'm just glad the wind is blowing to the east. Oh, so it but it's doesn't... all everything. So Utah County. Ha- is on bad air alert that because sucks for you guys. They don't give a fuck no. About it does, and it's interesting because it's not usually like you, usually I drive over the point and Salt Lake is really bad. But every morning I'm actually surprised I was able to see the comment because of how bad the air has been down there. Utah County don't give a fuck about anything. No, so they, they don't. They deserve it. <laughs> They're like the second worst COVID spread, and That's, they still don't have a mask mandate. We'll yeah, talk about that. They don't. <laughs> um, let's do some events Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Let's do some events. Um, soccer is here. RSL one. They play again. Did you go? Yeah, I, I flew to Orlando. Oh, sorry. Uh, I sat in the stadium. I thought it was here. No. Well, there was a there was a USL game from the Monarchs here, um, and they did not. I, they had like five thousand tickets, and I thought like, okay, they're going to spread everyone around the stadium, right? No, they fucking put them all on the same side. Like, what yeah. the hell's the point in downsizing how many people you let go if you stick them all... Did they really? Yeah, they put yeah, them all on the fucking west it. side of the stadium where it was shady by the... And they the said lockers. only a couple hundred people showed up, though. Yeah, there's a reason for that, because people aren't that fucking stupid. I love soccer. I had no desire to go to that fucking game, because I don't want to be in a huge crowd right now. Like, look, I'll flaunt things. I had people over my house Saturday night for fights. Um, I had, like, what do we have, like, eight people here? Maybe. That's a lot. I, I, I was really down there. there. There are people I typically hang out with, right? It was like Sean and John and, and Ryan. Um, but I would never fucking go to a soccer game right now. Like, there are certain things that are just, like, it's just a bad idea. Just don't do it. And that would be one of them, going to a live sporting event uh, in this time. So... Uh, but anyway, they won. They were in Orlando. I was, oh, that's why I grabbed my phone. I was trying to figure out why I grabbed my phone because I couldn't remember. Um, that's <laughs> I a sign of old age. It must be because your birthday's coming shut up. Shut your damn mouth, woman. I ain't that old. Uh, is it? <laughs> it's Friday. So Friday night is the next game, 830 Mountain Time on ESPN. All the games are on ESPN. And if you like soccer or want to watch some live sports, um, it's um, ESPN at 7 a.m. in the morning. 
Uh, they'll do one game. 7 a.m. in the morning as opposed to 7 a.m. at night. Yep. And then they'll do uh, two games in the evening at like 6 and, and 8, roughly. It could be 6.30 and 8.30, depending on the teams. So RSL plays again on Friday. Cool. But yeah, one two nothing in a pretty commanding game. They probably could have won by a lot more if they would have made a penalty kick and some other stuff, but whatever. And uh, Kyle Beckerman wasn't sold. And I put this in events, Jess. Um, I don't want to steal all of your thunder. I don't have I don't have thunder today. Don't oh, worry. Then I'm I mean, not I only it. have one thing to okay. say. So, so I, I wanted to put this in here because it's something that um, I think. <laughs> damn it. Um, it's not just the meeting tonight, though, right? I think it keeps going after that. But Salt Lake, um, is it Salt Lake County or Salt Lake City? Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. City. So Salt Lake City, um, If you, you've, we've talked about the e-scooters before. Um, the public is invited to comment on an e-scooter ordinance that they're trying to, to, to change. So that period um, is beginning of the, the formal meeting today, um, which you guys aren't going to hear this today. But I think it's going to be open for public comment for a little while. Um, Oops, sorry. Or maybe I'm just totally fucking behind the times here. No, uh, I think it said something about it being open for a few days. Yeah. They will host the second one uh, on August 11th. Uh, August 11th. Yeah. Yep. So if you have thoughts on it, they're considering things like limiting it to two companies that can do it, uh, putting ordinances in terms of where they can be left, um, figuring out a way to get photos and identification of people to rent the scooters so that if they are left in the wrong spot, they can be held liable. Um, just some other stuff, insurance and things like that that they want the companies to carry. Um, you know, what penalties they propose. So if you have thoughts on it if you like the scooters um i think a lot of people like them and i think a lot more people probably fucking hate them um this would be your time to participate in local government this is where your voice can be heard um but don't be a douche don't go up there and just be an asshole so anyway that was my event so august 11th since you missed tonight I don't I tried. It's not really an event it's more of just like a an announcement um if you have participated in the Salt Lake Farmer's Market, you may have tried items from Strusel Bakery, which, by the way, they make the best bagels. I never thought I would find a comparable bagel to New Jersey and New York in the state of Utah. These bagels Einstein's. are... <laughs> these shut your dirty whore mouth. Um, these bagels are amazing. Anyways, they just announced that they are going to be opening a storefront. Oh, nice. Also, so, it's um, it's bagel, please. Oh, Not bagel. What? It's bagel. Well, I love bagels. So <laughs> who doesn't like bagels? It's um, pretty much amazing. I'm really excited for them. So that's, that's really cool. That's There's really. Cool. really I don't. There's events that are happening, but I just feel weird talking about them because it's just such a personal choice. Well, I mean, it's a personal choice and anyways when I talk about it, but I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about it right now. Well, I don't... There's not any, like, super massive, huge events. No. No, there's not. Um, it's all really small, kind of local, quaint stuff that probably doesn't even matter if we talk about it. Right. But just know... You shouldn't be attending like a giant fucking concert or sporting event if you're intelligent. And and while it's everyone's opinion, I still think you can be considered a moron for going. So, with no events happening... We can do the calendar since we got birthdays coming up to see what, what exciting things are going to happen on your birthday. On the new horizon. 
Why are you feeling Don't like sigh. that? Don't sigh. Oh, we're all set to go into a craziness. Nope. Let's let's do this real we're quick. We're gonna do the calendar. Let's okay. do the calendar let's real fucking quick. Do it. Let's do it. Okay, so today Let's do it! Fuck it, we'll do it live. Today is the fourteenth. <laughs> oh, today's Mac and Cheese Day. It, no one knows what today is, Jeremy. Skip ahead a day. Oh, the fourteenth? Yeah, that's in the past. Oh. No hey, one listens stop to this. being a dick. Well, it is Mac and Cheese Day and Nude really Day, bad. but we'll yes, move on. Oh, I remember it being a Nude Day. I was actually in the shower when I heard that it was Nude Day. <laughs> I just got a oh, flash from Chris. Chris. No! Oh, hey. <laughs> okay, so the 15th. One of so the three in here liked that. I don't... If you're listening to this as it came out, then that, this would be today. So the 15th, we've got uh, I Love Horses Day. I Love Horse Day. Well, yeah. Horses. <clears throat> Pet Fire Safety Day. <laughs> Pet fire safety? Pet fire safety. Is your pet going around starting fires? That's when you put your pets through a fucking fire drill. You teach them to stop, drop, and roll over. Ebo, stop, drop, and roll. Over. Uh, <laughs> tapioca pudding day. Turn that down. Stop. Mm. Drop. Tapioca pudding. Over. Okay, so Thursday is corn fritters day. <gasps> Maybe I should make some. I actually, so I the, there's a, a recipe I've been wanting to make. It's like a cream corn fritter, but it's made with grits huh. and creamed corn, and I've been wanting to make yeah. it. Well, Thursday's the day. It's on the calendar. It's also <laughs> personal chef day, so you can make them for Brie. No, that's uh, Jack will be bringing me food on Thursday, oh, actually, okay. so that makes sense. Personal chef day. Oh, Jess, Friday's tattoo day. I need another one. Whoa. Well, Why did I you do that? I should not have done that close to the He's, mic. Did you spike? That <laughs> no, was awesome. I'm going to mark that. Yeah. <laughs> we might edit this show for content. No way. Don't take that out. He what? Oh, I was going to say the artist. He's already booked for October, so it's been pushed out a little oh, bit longer. It's also Yellow Pig Day. There's yellow pigs. Whoa. And they have a day. Uh, yellow pig. See. There's a yellow pig over here. Oh, the fuck is she? So Saturday. She's over here Jeremy. Saturday, we got caviar day. That's crazy. Mm. Yes. No, you like caviar. Shut your mouth, Tobigo. Flying fish eggs. Well, I know, but. That's not, caviar. But it, it's not like the caviar it's the way It's not the delicious, salty caviar that I would no, love to gross. eat, like umami. Mm. Sour candy day. Umami. Ooh. Strawberry rhubarb wine day. Nope. Nope. Go fuck yourself, strawberry rhubarb. <laughs> it's two shitty flavors mixed together. Okay, so let's see. Sunday, which is your actual birthday, right? Yeah, thanks for telling everyone. Can't make, make, can't make my Facebook change to get now. It's daiquiri day. Oh, did I tell you guys I tried to change my birthday on Facebook, and they warned me that if you, you can only change it so many times? That's what happened. I changed really? it. Because I wanted to change it back and forth multiple times oh, to see like if see. I changed it every month, if I'd get... Happy birthday, Apparently, Facebook has caught on. That's how that's how I killed Twitter is trying to change our birthday. Yeah, to a three-year-old. Well, four-year-old. Four Just shy of four-year-old. Four-year-olds can't have a Twitter account. No. So, Daiquiri Day and Ice Cream Day is for your birthday. That fucking is awesome. They're like both two types of ice cream. Daiquiris aren't ice cream. They could be. No. Frozen. The next Tuesday when we meet again, it will be Lollipop Day, Moon Day. You skipped a fucking day. I didn't skip a day. What about Monday. That, yeah. What? Oh, no, sorry. No, that is Monday. I'm, so, I'm sorry. What's Monday? Monday is the lollipop okay. day and moon day. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And Pennsylvania day. Fuck Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has a whole day. Although, to be fair, you know what other state has state-run liquor stores? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. They're our brothers. They have shittier liquor laws than we do. So, I, all right. So, next Tuesday is Be Someone Day. <laughs> Who am I supposed to be? Someone. Someone. And then Junk Food Day. Mm, that's good. good. That's good. And then we'll pick back up next week so we can highlight Jess's birthday. Okie dokie. And Pie and Beer Day. 
and Pine Bearded. You guys, I turn 40 next week. Are you excited? You can join the crowd, join the... Over 40 club. Join the fun club. It's like the Mile High Club of Way Less Cool. Oh, not hey, as fun. Hey, fuck you. Way not as fun. Okay, that's Mile High Club, <laughs> but not Over 40 club. You're not technically over 40, though. You're just 40. You're just there. Yep. Yeah, so you, no, that's, that's not true. I think 40 is where they first that's start making true. the black That's not true. You are ending though. your 40th year when you turn 40. She's actually working on her 41st year. Because when you turn one, you have been alive for a year. So when you turn two, you have already been alive for two years, and you're starting on your third year. Yeah, but you're not over So 40 she's 40. Old. When you're 40, you're 40. Not exactly her birth time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my birthday was not supposed to be this complicated. It just got complicated. It did get complicated. It got real complicated. Are you going to have black black and gray balloons? No. Uh, you bet your ass you will. You're coming to my house next Tuesday. You're going to have black <laughs> and gray balloons. <laughs> That's the first year you can get them. I mean, I'm sure you can find 30 what, what over the hill, 30 to... if you really try, but over the hill, 40 is where it really yeah, starts. Yeah, I don't understand why. Bl- so my best friend's birthday is July 3rd. And I helped set up for her birthday party. We threw threw it at Medici downtown. Like, we just had the whole restaurant to ourselves. And I don't Why is it black and gold? Like, who? No. Some people don't like gold. Yeah. That's I want gold. Just bling yourself out. Get some chains. (laughs) Dye your hair black. (laughs) What? what? Join the Lat Kings? (laughs) No. Join the Lat Kings. It's fine. Did you guys see that shooting over in, in Kearns last week? I didn't see Which it. one? The one where the kid shot the other kid in a car over by uh, Kearns High School again, because that's where all the shootings happen. that's the happen. corner that all the, the shootings <laughs> happens on. Yeah, don't fucking drive down 54th by Kearns High School. You're going to get shot. Uh, by the way, you remember that firework that you, or that, that recording from somebody that sounded <laughs> like, yeah, sounded like gunshots? I actually saw a firework. That did that? That did that. Wow. So it's. It probably was a firework. It be possible that it was a firework. That's fucking crazy. I hate fireworks so much, guys. So, um, I know events are kind of over, but so is this event. Yeah, and this is a big one to uh, talk about. We called it last week. Well, yeah. So, okay. So, FanX, um, which, fa- look, FanX, did we call it on the show? I think we talked about it after, uh, no, after the show is over. So, FanX sent out an email a couple weeks ago. To everyone that had bought tickets and said, Hey, look, we're looking really closely at the situation. We want to make sure that we're, we're, we're safe and we're fair. And here's what we're looking at, which was basically like, we're going to postpone the show. We're still hoping we can do it, but it's likely that we'll postpone it. This is a proposal for how we're going to manage tickets that have already been sold. So like Bree and I have had tickets for months and months and months. Um, and they're going to roll them into the next show. They're hoping to do one next year. But they've officially canceled. They don't even use the word cancel. They postpone for a year um, FanX, uh, which means they cancel it for the year. Is anyone surprised? Um, I thought uh, we talked about it on the show. That, I totally passed but, out. No, I'm just no, we talked about it after. after, after show, we, there's just no way they could get the... the there's no way a mass gathering permit's going to get issued yeah. for, for that event. I mean, that's 100,000 Even if they did, nobody, like, the guests wouldn't come, like... To be fair, I probably wouldn't have gone. I mean, just like great white and vanilla ice would be the ones that showed up. (laughs) Well, it's just like it's just like uh, the soccer match. No one's going to show up to something like that at this point in time. You know, I I was talking to because I worked at Bath and Body Works on Sunday morning, and um, since Salt Lake is a mask mandated county, um, we are just talking about how that's going at the mall. Um, cause she was saying that there have been other stores, I would assume nationwide and just the way that they've handled it. 
um, and maybe it's in the Salt Lake Valley too, hasn't been the best. And, you know, I just, I just said to her in, in regards to, you know, smart people, I think that most people are taking really great precaution. Unfortunately, the ones that we're hearing are just yelling so loud that it's, you know, it's creating this echo chamber well, for those that are really, you know, the majority that are actually doing the right thing. Well, I, I think, you and know, being safe, you know, the mask thing in particular, you, you definitely see a divide in terms of what you know, where people seem to throw a fit the most. So I'm just talking about going out in general, oh, yeah. though, like, you know, Derek said in our interview, like, you just want to make sure that you're creating customer confidence and that the people want to go out and whether that's wearing a mask, whether that's social distancing, you know, it's, when you it's, have I don't cases, think people are I think people are still being safe. Yeah. When you have 700, 800 cases a day happening. Right. People aren't necessarily feeling confident unfortunately we did have we had a drop this today tuesday but who knows what that will be tomorrow so well and when there's petitions out online where thousands of people sign saying we don't want our kids to wear masks to school like what the heck is behind that also guys i know they start a conversation but there's better way to create conversation with the government besides change.org I'm just saying that. I refuse to sign any of those. I want to talk a little bit about masks um, again. I know we've been harping on it for a few weeks, but the governor, again, decided not to mandate masks across the state. Um, and there are places like Utah County that are seeing big spikes. They're our second worst. And they, down there, still don't have a mask mandate. Um, I So... Early on with masks, the, you saw masks in places like the state liquor store. No one bitched walking into the state liquor store. And I think there's some air of like, oh, well, it's a state-run business. I can't really bitch at them and throw a temper tantrum versus uh, like Harmons. Harmons, which I think the way Harmons has done it has been amazing. Now, the major look, again, I, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I go to Harmons even before the mandate. I saw 70 to 80% mask wearing inside the store. I go to a Smith's or a Walmart and it was like less than 25. And so there is a difference, I think, in the place you go. Well, and we're starting as of today on Twitter, we're going to start seeing national companies. Starbucks is now mandating masks. Um, Best Buy is now mandating masks. And those are not locally owned companies or just local to Utah. That is national. You're going to see it. And it's not a big deal. I mean, we went to Sportsman's Warehouse yesterday. This is a place where, like, the this fucking... This is where conservatives where, go to Where to dudes are open-carrying fucking pistols into the fucking place so they can go get their <laughs> scope on their rifle adjusted by the, the gunsmith in the, the place, and they have no problem putting their damn mask yeah, on. Yeah, I would... I, the majority of people did. Except for... There was a guy... Oh, that, my God. There was a guy in front of us. So, for some reason, they had two registers open right next to each other, which was really absolutely stupid because like the, the people were, like, back-to-back. <laughs> but besides that, this guy... He has his mask on and his kids have their masks on and everybody's like, and then he pulls his mask down, rubs his nose, puts his mask back up, and then the cashier gives it his money back. Like It's like, dude, like, okay, you're not sneezing on people, the particle part, but but what the heck? Like, you couldn't just itch your nose through the mask if you couldn't wait for another second. But even in those places, and now I'm seeing more and more 
Um, as people get out of their cars, they're pulling their masks out of their pocket because it's not that big of a fucking deal to put the mask on when you walk around a store. It's just not. Um, but it's really disappointing to see the governor not make that mandate. Uh, I don't understand why he won't make the mandate. I don't know what's stopping him. Um, but Especially now that the church has come out in favor of it and has written him a letter and said that because yeah, people were blaming it on the church and it's clearly not that. And that's what I was going to say. That to me is probably the biggest push that will, will really help is when the church. Now, if that motherfucker turns around and says, okay, we're going to mandate masks across the state. I'm just going to be like, fuck you, dude. It's clear that you're only doing what the church says at this point. But he's admitted that because already. the only thing that's changed is the church has publicly urged its members now to wear masks, which look, I'm not a big fan of the LDS church, but if they're going to tell their members to fucking wear masks, finally, I'm totally okay with it. Wearing a mask is absolutely your decision personally, but it is not your right to fucking walk into a store if they want you to wear a mask or if the state says you need to wear a mask to walk into that store. So go the fuck home if you're not going to wear a mask. Have you, seen, have you seen the groups that are doing flash mobs without masks? Yeah. There's a secret group that texts out where they're going to meet and then they all show up. And you know what I think should happen? I think that the police should show up and say... There's no public ordinance. I know. But if there was a mandated mask, they, Wouldn't matter. they couldn't. The, 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 so this is also the thing about mandating a mask. There's no fine. There's no, no public ordinance that, that But they will, could ask, but the police could come and ask them to disperse. Yeah. It empowers you as a business to refuse service, basically, and have this backup of the state's requiring it for me to stay open. The thing is, is like, I don't remember smokers getting this mad when we... Ban- eventually and oh. social media wasn't as prevalent True. as well. Oh, and oh yes they did. But okay, oh, so yes, if they, they so if they did they got they they got over it and now you don't really hear about people bitching or smoking inappropriately. It's been right? 20 years. Okay, but my point is it's eventually going to happen. Yeah. Just let it happen. Why why fight over something so stupid as wearing and and look at all like the fun masks that I know Jess has a ton of fun masks. I'm just boring. I just wear my black one. It's whatever. But you can you can so super personalize them. Just think of it as another fun accessory and another way to say express something that you think is cool. I should wear a mask that's just like black and has some white like droplets <laughs> towards the No, mouth. I would not so, be seen with you. That's just, just a little wrong. something subtle. But some of the masks make them glow in the dark, so when you're outside, they're cool too. There you go. <laughs> I'll do it for you. But some of the masks are super cute, so people just think of them as a fun accessory and another way to express your individuality because everybody can smile and that's great, but now you can also decorate your face with something cool. We are joined uh, this, I'm going to say this evening again because it's just natural because <laughs> it's the evening, but no one knows we could have recorded this yesterday or we could have recorded this months ago. On this fine day, yeah. we get to meet up with Derek Kitchen. So on episode 216 of the New Utah Podcast, we are joined by Derek Kitchen. <laughs> That's very official. Uh, owner and proprietor of Lizzie's Kitchen and uh, senator for the state of Utah uh, in the Utah State Legislature um, for District 2. Two. Right? Yes. Good Look job, I'm fucking on the ball. I'm not even reading anything. <laughs> <laughs> so last time we had you on, you were running. You hadn't yet been uh, elected. Yeah, that was 2018. Does that sound right? Yep, it was. Uh, yep, it was in October. Yep. I've been doing a sucker for four years. 
<laughs> yes, it was episode 126 that you were with us. I actually was going to ask. So this is 216 and 126 was the first. So that's yeah. good. Yep. Close to 100 episodes, 90 episodes. That's amazing. That's pretty, pretty good. So what happened in that time? I was going to say, like, what's happened in the last 100 episodes? Like, give me the quick rundown. Um, All the things. Have you heard of COVID nineteen? Because that's dominated like the last How six about months. Race riots. <sighs> yeah, but that's only been in like the last four months. We're race like war! two years here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like two years, the last couple months. Oh, there's still there's still algae in the water. Yeah. <laughs> Utah's still rad. I mean, really, yeah, that's all that there is. <laughs> yeah, even during COVID, Utah's still pretty rad. So. Uh, we're we're trying to beat Florida for number one. I don't think we'll catch them though. We're number one. <laughs> we're number one. <laughs> so, Derek, I I I gotta ask. Um, you're one of the youngest. I don't know if you're the youngest, but you're one of the the youngest people up on the hill, right? So you were just uh, asking me uh, if I'm the youngest, and I'm not the youngest in the legislature, uh, but I am the youngest in the Senate. Uh, in the Utah Senate, there's 29 of us in the Senate, and I'm the you know the newest and the youngest. Are you are you the youngest by a lot? Because you're fairly young, right? You're what, like 35, I think. Uh, I'll be 32 next month. 32, yeah. Okay, yeah. 35 was way off. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do the math in my head. Not uh, as bad like, as if you would have guessed, like you know, us ancient 40 year olds. But, you know what? I feel pretty old sometimes. Some days 30, anyway. 32 is really young to be in any governing body um, at, at that level, at the state level. When you were you were part of, um, you know, the Salt Lake, uh, Salt Lake City Council, right? Yeah, I was on the Salt Lake City Council elected in 2015. Um, but, you know, and I was young in that position as well, you know, 26 years old uh, when I was really first elected there. And um, but keep in mind, Salt Lake is a really young community. Uh, I, I definitely represent the district, you know, fairly. I'm, I'm right in the middle, you know. Um, so, you know, it feels appropriate. And I, you know, I I've canvassed uh, the city and knocked on doors and spoken to a lot of people over the years. And, um, you know, I, I feel like we all have a, a, a common thread in, in each other. And um, it's been nice to uh, be able to represent District 2. And I'm learning a ton in this in this job. Um, you know, uh, every day is I'm learning something new. I'm meeting with a different agency. I'm talking to a different constituent about a random issue. Um, it's a lot of work, but I really enjoy uh, the opportunity right now. How How is it to be – because, I mean, look, you're not super young, and you're right, you represent the district, but in in government, especially as you get into state government and, and federal government, that age gets higher and higher and higher where most of the people are. Um, you're, you're definitely in the lower portion of the age bracket across the board. Like you said, you're not the, the youngest necessarily in all of, all of the government, but um, how is that interaction? Are, are you – do you think you're treated differently because you're so much younger than the rest of them and not, I mean, aside from the fact that you are uh, a Democrat in a super majority <laughs> of, of Republicans Wait, what? and not really part of that old boys club, um, you know, is, is there a difference in how folks interact with you even within the Democratic Party? 
that's a that's an excellent question and of course you know that that does happen um i think it happens in professional settings all the time uh and so you know i you know, seniority in in your career matters right your experience matters and and that's definitely true in politics you know oftentimes the most senior legislators are the ones that get elected to leadership um and run really tough bills whether it's you know policy on alcohol or you know major social issues so you know definitely seniority comes with its benefits in a in a big body like the legislature with 104 members um and so you know i've spent the last 2 years really trying to stay humble and build relationships and you know swing hard on issues that really are deeply held you know within me uh but also try to learn when i disagree with my colleagues even you know some of the folks that typically have polar opposite political views from me you know listening to them and trying to build a relationship because you never know when you know you can find common ground and uh, i think relationships are so important uh, in this legislative process so i've been really trying to do that and i think in that effort that earnest effort um people have been willing to work with me and and to treat me well and to offer insider tips and tricks and and I've had some good mentorship by some of my republican and democratic colleagues and so so that's how it's been operating um of course it's super frustrating though as a democrat i think mm. i would <laughs> You know, it's hard to be a Democrat because decisions are made in <laughs> in closed door caucus meetings uh, on the Republican side, and and they come out to the floor, and all the big issues have been predetermined. Oftentimes, you know, that's the the the, the long and the short of it. Um, and and so we really need to achieve balance in the Utah legislature. Um, and I hope that the next couple of election cycles will will allow us to to have a healthier balance in our legislative um representation statewide um and, and that just doesn't exist right now and i think poor decisions are the result um long term and you're seeing it with covid right now um and of course all the historical social issues that we've had just you know salt lake city sort of being the forefront of well this is you know th th there are issues that are statewide now that we really need to have more um coherent and balanced leadership on um uh -huh. and so yeah how do we create that balanced leadership? I mean, we are in a in a supermajority situation, and we have districts that are so incredibly gerrymandered. You know, even at those local levels, that it's it's hard to drive something other than a guy with an R next to their name, and it doesn't really matter what they stand for in in a lot of cases. How do we how do we make a change there? How do I get Ref Hutchings out of my district? <laughs> <laughs> He's been close several times. You, you know what? That's that's a good point because um, you do. If, if Hutchings is your representative, then he is in a, a district that we can, as Democrats, pick mm -hmm. up. So there are some districts that are low-hanging fruit. So we need to donate to candidates in districts that are competitive. Uh, we need to knock on doors if possible. Obviously, COVID throws a wrench into some of those traditional politicking, um, you know, strategies. But, you know, there's opportunity for good candidates to run. And and so I think getting out there and participating is the very first thing that we need to do in order to change the system. But then also, if you want to get involved at a more long term strategy, keep in mind in 2018, the same year I was elected to the legislature, um, voters organized and gathered signatures for the uh, Better Boundaries Initiative, which which passed in Utah. And so after we have the 2020 census, which is ongoing right now, 
next year, next legislative session, 2021, one of our big objectives as a legislature and during our general session is to redraw uh, the political boundaries for the state of Utah for the next 10 years. And so, you know, that's when the traditional gerrymandering process happens. So this next year, we will have um, a mandate, let's say, by the voters to to uh, do it right and an independent redistricting commission that will provide guidance and oversee that process. So, it's up so to that- us as a Voters, sorry, I'll just finish really quickly. It's up to us voters to make sure that we hold the legislature accountable because this independent redistricting commission doesn't really have the 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 needed force, the needed teeth uh, in order to really hold that legislature accountable. So it's up to us as voters. And so organizing next year around these this issue is is one way that you can uh, impact um, our ultimate goal of bringing balance. That was kind of where my my next question was going to be. So, you know, that same that the year you were elected, that wasn't the only ballot initiative we passed. We passed three others that the 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 legislative body turned around and ripped apart three of the four and completely changed them. And I'm still of a firm belief the only reason they didn't go after the anti-gerrymandering uh, one is well, they got to give us something <laughs> to not completely dishearten the public. Um, but I'm still convinced they're going to make effort in January to change the way that was written, to, to take even more life out of it. How do we stop that from happening? Um, I think you're right. I, I share that fear, um, and I'm anticipating – I'm, I, I, I do anticipate um, a lot of pushback. Um, I think – um, engagement, you know, uh, like I said earlier, organizing, you know, there's going to be, you know, citizen lobby days. Every day is a citizen lobby day for that matter. But, you know, get up there and engage and and push and get your, you know, use your, your platform here to engage the residents of Salt Lake City and, and the state of Utah. Because, uh, you know, we're... we're we can achieve a lot if we all do it together, you know, um, and our legislature really needs to be held accountable. And so we do that together um, as, as a community. And it takes a lot of persistence and a lot of organizing, and it really is fueled by anger a lot of the times. And so figuring out ways to take our frustration and all of that pent-up energy that we have for being in, indoors for, you know, all, all this time during COVID and, you know, all of the uncertainty that exists in the world right now, we've got to push that forward into advocacy and organizing and engagement with our leaders uh, so we, we can see the policy that we, we want. Uh, crafted in the state. Um, and then if we have balance, we can see that, you know, a, a representative government should be doing a lot of that work for us. But because we're so imbalanced, it's really up to the, the citizens to make this, you know, we've got to force accountability right now in ways that our government should, you know, our, our elected leaders should be able to work out on their own, but they're just simply unable to. So, do you think uh, with all the newly registered Republicans, is that a <laughs> is that the right way to go? Should all of us Democrats just register Republican like I did so that uh, when they go to redraw lines, they're like, oh, wow, there's just so many Republicans now. Like we, we just can. <laughs> we, <leave> them- <laughs> we'll just we'll just make these all even and we, balanced. We can make <laughs> neighborhoods look normal. <laughs> you know, I um, I don't know about that. Um, I, that's a good that's a that's a good question. Um and it's not like it's a question that I've been che- I've been chewing on this a little bit myself recently, you know, with the you know, we saw almost, you know, 100,000 independent uh, unaffiliated and, and Democrats switch their affiliation 
to participate. And that's a huge number of people to, to, to take that initiative, right? So I think what I'm most excited about is that if you see the 2018 ballot initiative process and you see this year's Republican primary as another effort by the public to assert themselves, we we're asserting ourselves and taking ownership. And I, so I, what I'm seeing here is really encouraging, right? It's a, a general public acknowledgement of a larger, broader political strategy to to bring balance to our government and to get things taken care of. We have a lot of issues at hand right now. Um, and we've got to, we've got to address it. This goes for the federal level too, by the way, but we just, we really have to get, get to work. I mean, keep think about climate change, for instance, you know, that's just going to ramp up, you know, there's compounding impacts when we destroy ecosystems and, uh, you know, a, a warming earth uh, is going to present enormous problems for Utah. You know, um, it's going, we're going to see massive increases in our population. People are going to move from the coasts and elsewhere in the world to a place like Utah because of our quality of life. You know, we're going to see lots of growth. We're going to see strains on our water and our transportation um, and general infrastructure like housing, you know, like these are big issues and we've got to start. Strains. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, know. I mean, that, that's yeah. not a question of going to, we are starting to see them already. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually think about that as being such a good thing. Um, I, I thought it was ridiculous to have to do that, to be able to participate, but that, that is a, that is a good look on it that, uh, seeing over a hundred thousand people switch their party affiliation to participate in the political process, um, in a political process that really shouldn't be set up the way it is where you don't get to participate. Um, but to see that kind of change, I mean, that's, that's a lot to get a hundred thousand people to change their affiliation prior to a primary to vote in a primary where you're voting for, you're not voting for a, a, a presidential candidate in that primary. You're voting for local folks. You're voting for state leaders. That's pretty impressive. It shows that people realize that you have to play the stupid game to have a voice, but they're like, fine, we'll play your game. Yeah. That's really, well, hopefully that's, if we play their game long enough, then we can just play a regular game. That's what I'm saying. If, <laughs> if everyone just switches their affiliation permanently. <laughs> so speaking of pl playing games, uh, we, we were going to talk about the beer initiative that you've been working on for the home delivery. Will you talk about that? Will you tell us kind of where that's at and where that's headed? Yeah, definitely. Um. So uh, I was contacted by a resident in my district who is about 85 years old. And, you know, he's high risk category during uh, this coronavirus uh, pandemic. Um, and so we've asked, you know, folks who are vulnerable to take extra precautions like ordering your groceries online and, and doing no contact delivery and things of that nature. And so uh, he contacted me uh, with a frustration that he was unable to order his uh, beer with his groceries, which uh, to me seemed like a no brainer. Like if we're asking people to, to not go out into the community and do their shopping, then we should accommodate them. And we have systems in place to do that. So um, representative Joel Briscoe, who also represents this man in the, in the house of representatives and myself as the Senator, we co-authored a letter to governor Herbert requesting that he use his temporary executive um, emergency authorities to suspend uh, any laws and regulation on state code that prohibits, um, you know, the delivery of beer, which is available at the grocery store or a gas station. Um, and so we sent that letter, um, I guess, 10 days ago or so. Um, 
And and uh, so we sent that to the governor and his staff. We haven't yet heard. Uh, Joel Briscoe did hear from staff that they're contemplating this, uh, but we haven't heard any anything much beyond that. Um, and so, you know, that's a, a bit of a frustration because we'd like to have some response and some productive dialogue ultimately. Um, and the 85 so, year old man needs his beer. Come on. Let the man drink his beer. Come I, on. on wheels can't well, and we know he's not out drinking and driving. So, <laughs> so is it, uh, I mean, so is this a situation where Herbert can actually uh, suspend that portion of the legislation for an amount of time because of the state of emergency? Yeah, absolutely. He has that authority. Um, and, you know, our request was to make, you know, I, I told my, you know, my, my constituent, this man that um, I would, you know, make a, a formal request of the governor and do what I can. And, and if the governor chooses not to act on it, then it's obviously unfortunate, but it gives me some insight on how the how I could possibly move forward this kind of policy in the future at the legislative, pro- you know, the traditional legislative process, right? Because one thing to keep in mind is that in an emergency executive order is temporary. So we would ultimately need to have a legislative conversation about this anyway. So um, I intend to continue this dialogue. Um, and to be honest with you, COVID-19 and the general shutdown in our, in our economy and the shifting behaviors of consumers, um, not only here in Utah, but around the country and around the world, uh, has uh, presented some real challenges on liquor policy in the state of Utah. Um, and and so I want to broaden the conversation and, and really talk about ways that we can, you know, for instance, just something silly. I would like to join the NPR Wine Club. OK, I can't get that because we don't have a distribution system with the DABC. I'm not even talking about privatization. I'm still buying from the state. We should allow that sort of accommodation. Right. Um, and so, you know, there's there's a lot of miscellaneous um, policy that I think we should be talking about. And I do intend to have that conversation as a, a consumer myself and also as a, a restaurant owner and somebody who cares deeply about the vibrancy and the culture of our city. Um, also, the tax revenue that our state government receives, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, really great things that we can do with alcohol that I think other communities that are even control states have have played around with. So I, I, I guess that was the long answer. <laughs> but no, that's, that's okay. okay. That's the kind yeah. you like. So what? Yeah. My my uncle for my birthday last year was gonna do a whiskey of the month club for me. Can't. We're in Utah, so that would be amazing to see some of that change. I, I don't want to. I don't want to tell you or your uncle how to do stuff, but he could order it, have it shipped to himself, and then ship it to you. It's true. That's called. That's illegal. That's bootlegging. So, Derek, <laughs> go ahead and Derek, plug your ears, plug your mouth. But. You could do that. <laughs> no, but if we, if we, were, if you had the shipping, um, like say for example, maybe I wanted to get something from an auction in London because I collect rare whiskeys, <laughs> um, and so they are they're charging a VAT for all of that. Like I pay a lot of taxes on that, even though. I'm buying it from over there. Something like that could give our distillers an opportunity to ship to just regular consumers versus, you know, somebody else's liquor store or a restaurant out of state. Like, I think it could be a great opportunity for for our local people. Yeah, just the distribution of liquor is a, a really interesting conversation. And, you know, you think about Amazon Prime, you can go on and order whatever you want. You know, I ordered a pair of pants from eBay a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, we, we have moved to this like home delivery model for a lot of our commerce. And I don't foresee that changing uh, in the future. So, 
you know, incorporating logistics and a logistics conversation into our liquor policy is something that I think Republicans should buy into if they truly are pro-business. At the end of the day, if they're pro-business, then they should allow people to drink from their home. You know, they should allow them to order from commute from community distillers and from brew pubs and, and to consume that at home, especially right now, right? So we're not gonna and, and I do want to say <laughs> I do want to say Utah's not the worst. I no. was born in a dry city where the only place you could buy alcohol was outside of city limits or in a bar. Most crazy laws ever. You could go get a drink in a bar and drive home, but you couldn't go get a drink at a liquor store and take it home. You had to go outside of the city to get liquor. Yeah. I, <laughs> so some it things just don't make any sense at all. <laughs> We're not the worst. We are improving. I mean, there there are changes right. that have been made in the last couple of years, especially, that are super impactful and, and super uh, improvements overall, I think, in our liquor policy. We are starting to become more progressive or I don't even know if progressive that that might be way catching too, up <laughs> yeah. trying to catch up we're playing catch up <laughs> I just I wish okay so I think that because we are a Republican held state there are some good benefits we've had with um, with our you know how healthy our economy and stuff remains during good times and bad times but um, I would just like to be treated like an adult Um I think that, you know, right now they're saying, you know, everybody should make their good decisions and wear their masks. Well, everybody, sh- you should let also let everybody make a good decision about a lot of other things like what women do with their bodies, like what people decide to drink every day. I mean, I think that my biggest gripe lately and not just with the state of Utah, but with everything is hip- the hypocrisy of the way um and I say Republicans now just because so much of it is being run by the Republicans with a Republican president and being in a Republican state. But with the way that they will accept certain things and make allowances for stuff on one side, but not the other. And so I when you talk about balance, that's what I want to see. I want to see that balance come back where um, the sides are talking to each other. And I've, I've said this on this podcast before. I want to see a purple country. I want to see a country where the red and the blue are talking and, you know, we we get a nice even shade of purple everywhere and, and everybody's talking to each other and listening to each other. And we are all just treated like adults. And I feel like you you and a lot of there's a lot of people up at the legislature that get a bad rap just grouped together are some of those people that are trying to make that like you saying that you're listening to. Um, you know, letting ha, listening to Republicans tell you how to, how to help you move along, and you're not just saying, "Well, I'm not going to listen to you just because you're Republican." And so, not listening to someone just because of one one silly thing is is ridiculous. So, thank you for um, trying to be fair and to listen and and to listen to your 85 year old constituent that calls you with a legitimate concern and help him because he is your constituent. So, thanks. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, there's a lot of requests that I'm unable to work on, too, which is always hard because there's, you know, a lot of issues going on in the community. But um, I'm definitely eager for the next legislative session because I'll have two behind me now. And so I feel a little bit more seasoned, so to speak. And, um, you know, I've got um, a number of policies that I'm working on really early in the process. So I've got a longer runway to, you know, to work on it, so to speak. Um and so I, I, but I appreciate, you know, your perspective, you know, I, 
I've changed my mind a lot on issues, um, you know, in politics and, and that with new information and new context, uh, we all should be open to changing our mind. And, uh, and honestly, when I was a city council member, I was elected without choosing a political party. I was unaffiliated. And I think generally most people in the state, especially younger people, don't really have sort of this allegiance to a political party. Um, and so I, I do think that, you know, when you're talking about purple in terms of politics, we are moving to more of this just sort of unaffiliated area uh, politically. We really need, need to make sure that we're ironing out the issues that are dividing us, though, um, and, and, and try to bring some cohesion together, you know, um, and, 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 and so I, I'm hopeful that we can get there. Utah, we do have a unique way about us. Historically, we've done some really great things on the LGBTQ front in the last couple of years. Of course, um, we've done some really great things on immigration, um, and being a compassionate state and really doing it in a uniquely Utah way. Um, and, and, and I think that you, somebody, I can't remember who, but one of you mentioned the good economy, you know, and, and during good times and bad times, you know, we we have a really strong local economy, which sort of keeps us afloat a bit, you know, um, and we have that sense of community broadly that I'd like to maintain and, and to build ultimately. Um, so thank you for wanting the same thing as me and let's keep working at it. I think a podcast like this also opens dialogue, which, you know, allows new ideas to be presented and for us to sort of banter back and forth. It's super healthy, you know, um, and so I like I like this. And we can we can even have Burgess Owens. Yeah, we on had here. Burgess, we Owens, have Burgess on. Owens on. <laughs> Excellent. You know, I was great friends with Mia Love. Still am. You know, I'm friends with Ben McAdams. I supported Ben McAdams politically, but I still you know engage with Mia. You know, Mia Love. We have a shared love of food. Uh, she's an excellent cook, and and you know we, we don't always agree, but you can be friends. And and I you know I'm building my friendships with folks in the community that are beyond politics, and I hope everybody else does too. I went camping this weekend with my father for instance. Um, and this is just me editorializing a little bit, but, um, we had to have the talk, you know, the talk of, you know, the Donald Trump talk, um, you know, <laughs> and, and it was hard. It was a hard conversation because I, I knew that I wanted to have it, but I couldn't like for hours leading up to it, I was like trying to figure out the right way in to how do I start this dialogue? Right? So anyway, um, we're, I won't go too much further into that, but you know, it was, it was, I'm his son and that's the most important thing. And then I told him like, you know, at the end of the day, I I really want to have a healthy conversation with you. I want to, you know, I want to be talking about issues that are meaningful and not, you know, arguing based on assumption or, you know, a story you heard or what fact may or may not be true. This is about finding common ground in our shared sort of goals as, as father and son and, and as a community. And, and I think in that sort of approach, my dad had warmed up to me, but he did, you know, he supported Donald Trump and I believe he won't this year. I hope, you know, um, <laughs> but you know, this is, this is what people get to do in their personal life, right. Is they get to engage intimately on politics in ways that you may not, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I think we should not be afraid of that conversation with our parents, with our friends, with our extended family, whatever it may be, you know, like you might disagree, but let's create that space to be, to disagree without being disagreeable as they say. Oh, that's good. Well, I think, you, and I, and you made an, a, a really, really important point that it's okay to change and to learn. Like for some reason, 
something in our culture has made it so that people can't. And, you know, uh, Mitt Romney is the perfect example of that, you know, and, oh, we can't support him because he's so wishy-washy. I want you to be wishy-washy because I want you to learn and I want you to grow and I want you to change. Thanks for the permission. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I know, no, I know. (laughs) Like society in general, people are, you know, for some reason get mad at people because they want to change their mind, but that's just how we grow as humans. Yeah, I agree. And there's, I've I've made a couple friends online on Twitter, which I'm quite active on Twitter if anybody else uses it. So uh, let's engage there uh, offline. But um, follow Wendy's. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about this before. Follow Wendy's. I will. I love Wendy's. Um, um, (laughs) It's the best Twitter account. And Dr. Mark Um, Lewis, you have to follow him too. But uh, there's a lot of people that are calling themselves radically moderate, um, and I don't know exactly what that means, but at least people are embracing the middle of the road a little bit, and I'm okay with it. I think what what people forget oftentimes is we've gotten to a point in, in this country in particular where you're either on the right or you're on the left. You're a Republican or you're a Democrat, when the truth is... It's a human issue. Most people fall somewhere in the middle. Right. I want to own a gun. Right. I think that's my right uh, as an American. Uh, it's something that I want to do. But I'm one of the most liberal people you're going to ever well, meet on and, most issues. And we've talked about this before. Like we we are on the side of not shutting this whole state down again. We think that that's a bad a bad thing to happen. Um, it will it will really be to the detriment of a lot of people. But on the other hand, we also think that masks should be required. Like you don't have you don't have to be pigeonholed into that if if the other side makes more sense to you for some reason then it's not the other side it's your side and it shouldn't it shouldn't matter and it's frustrating to listen to people just argue um chris and i were talking the other day we have some middle of the road friends religiously we have some very devout friends religiously by that i mean uh, of the lds faith um, and, and so the political discussions that happen, we have some libertarians, we have some Republicans, we have, it, it's crazy, but at the end of the day, we all are friends because there's other common ground. It doesn't always have to be, you don't always have to hate someone for having a different opinion than you. I know uh, you're completely right. I think right. hatred goes a long way. No, stop. <laughs> Stop the hate. No more hate. So I'm 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 curious. Um, there's there's been like so much crazy crap going on the last few weeks, um, but some of the really good stuff that has come around. We were talking. You you mentioned briefly like um, some of the the great strides that, that Utah has made, especially in the LGBTQ space. Um, we federally had some big Supreme Court decisions handed down. Do you have any thoughts on those? I mean, you were. You personally were involved in one of the the big landmark decisions uh, years ago that, that that Utah, interestingly enough, was at the forefront of uh, on purpose or not. Does that feel like a <laughs> lifetime ago? Yeah, I mean that wasn't very much so, it, but it wasn't that long ago, right? It was less than ten years ago, wasn't it? Maybe it was ten years ago. I don't remember the day. You probably do better than I do. It was uh, <laughs> the decision that came down and sort of changed everything for it for us was December twentieth, two thousand thirteen. So we're coming up on seven years, but it does feel like a lifetime ago. And yeah, I mean, you just never know what to expect in the legal world either. So 
I don't know if that was sort of your question. Maybe you can phrase it for me, but yeah. Well, I mean, like the the Supreme Court decisions that came down, you know, nationally, the the equal rights. Some of those were shockers, like how they came down in a in a court that's at this point been heavily modified. Right, you're talking about the ones in the last month. Yeah, in the last month specifically. I mean, that's uh, those are those are big deals, and 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 it goes to show you, I think, to the to the same respect of of crossing aisles and things like that. You know, you have you have justices that they thought would never switch. Like, wasn't it Kavanaugh that was the deciding vote on one of them? Well, the, yeah. Go ahead, Derek. No, no, please. Uh, I, I'm happy to engage on this. And I was shocked just, you know, right out the gate. I, I couldn't believe that some of these decisions came from the Supreme Court because we were expecting some pretty cons- like radically conservative decisions this you know during this uh, this session with the with the supreme court now maybe you know who knows what next year and the following year you know hold for the supreme court they you know they may swing right you know pretty hard down the road uh but yeah this you know on the lgbtq front with regard to you know not firing somebody because of their their sexual orientation um or gender identity that was huge you know um uh, obviously, you know, for undocumented young people who are, you know, you know, DACA and Dreamers, I, that was a really important decision. Um, they didn't give that conservative blow to abortion that we were anticipating. Obviously, more uh, cases may be coming in the future. Who knows what's going to happen? But, um, yeah, I think I was pleasantly surprised with the Supreme Court this term. I think it gave us a reason to be proud of the country again, because I know that right now I tend to be a little embarrassed of the things that we do and the decisions that we're making as a country and that seeing our Supreme Court do what Chris said, cross the lines and just vote with what is is right and not with what their political party expected um, was a, a nice bright spot to have right now while this country is really, really struggling with its identity and figuring out what the heck's going on because I just, I don't... I think that we've kind of lost lost sight of the goal of, you know, bring me your huddled masses and um and and being an actual free country. I think we we don't know what free actually means anymore. Now we just think free means you can do whatever you want and yell at whoever you want and say whatever you want whenever you want and you can suppress somebody else's right to do that when they try and do what they want. Um and I don't think that that's what this country was meant to be. It was just meant so that everybody could come and be themselves and not try and suppress others. And we end up doing that far too often. So I want to, I want to come back local Derek and talk about your restaurant. Um, Cause you have, I mean, we've talked to a couple other uh, business owners, especially in the entertainment and restaurant space um, over the last few months. And, you know, you asked what's changed. And I said COVID because that's all the, there's been <laughs> to talk about for the last six plus months. Um, but you, you, you know, not only as a, as a Senator, but, but also as a, you know, a local business owner were, were for sure impacted by, by COVID-19. Um, how, how has that been and, and how are things now for you guys? What's your experience been like, uh, in, in DC time? So DC is during COVID, just so you know, um, <laughs> there was, there was BC, which is before COVID and then DC is, is nowadays. So, and hopefully we can soon see what AC is like after COVID, right? I sure hope so, but I, I have a feeling so. that's going to be a ways away. 
<laughs> I think you're right. Um, and that's a sobering reality to confront. Um, you know, it was hard when back in March, uh, you know, we food and beverage establishments, restaurants, bars, entertainment, you know, venues, we were really the, you know, the front of the line, economically speaking, um, on COVID, you know, on the, you know, the economy shutting down and sort of that global response to this massive public health crisis. Obviously, COVID is the most important thing, but when it did come to, you know, shutting down the economy, this industry, food and beverage were hit really hard. And, and so we were, you know, we shut down for about seven weeks in total. Um, and it was a really hard thing to do. Um, you know, we liquidated our all of our inventory. We gave away food to cu- customers and our staff. Um, we furloughed 30 people. Um, and, you know, that, that was a really scary, uncertain time for the first two months. Um, about uh, a month and a half ago, we did reopen doing takeout and delivery. Um, takeout and del- delivery were historically afterthoughts at our restaurant. We were primarily primarily a, a dine-in um, establishment. And so we had to pivot really hard and fast to um, distribution and delivery and, and grab and go. And so that meant re- looking at our menu a little bit differently, um, trimming some things off, uh, figuring out new uh packaging for, you know, takeout and delivery, um, just a whole rethinking of the way we operated our kitchen. So in, in some ways, it's um, allowed us to think about our business in, in, a, in, in new terms. It's a bummer because we missed the old restaurant that we had. But to be honest with you, even if we could turn the economy back on tomorrow uh, and we were at full steam like we were back in January and March, we've made some pretty systemic changes to our restaurant and the operations. Um, like Jessica mentioned, you know, as we're getting, you know, started, um, my restaurant advertised that we were selling off a bunch of our furniture and, you know, we're re reimagining the dining room, uh, with a fraction of the capacity that we once had. Um, and, you know, really moving to more of a grab and go sort of, um, establishment. Uh, we have seating on our patio right now. Um, but it's a really hard time to be a restaurant in a business like this. Um, uh, if, you know, if we have to shut down again, I, I like, I don't know that a business like mine would survive another shutdown, you know, um, cause it was, it was a, pretty heavy lift to get it re rebooted, um, a couple weeks ago. And if we can't do that, I just don't know, you know, and we'll see. So I have a lot of uncertainty about the future, but we're plugging forward, you know, we're just, you know, moving on and we'll do what we can and take it day by day. Um, all of our staff are, you know, we temperature check them when they come in, we're wearing masks. We have all kinds of new procedures on sanitation and, uh, and things like that. So we've improved our operations for sure. And so I, I try to look at the silver linings here, um, but it's just a different environment for sure. Well, I, I think it's so Utah is somewhat unique. I mean, there are other there are other states that have uh, a part time legislature like we do. Um, but one of the things that is a result of that is many of the people in in the legislative bodies uh, are also business owners. There are people that are because it, we had as uh, a Josh Cameron that had said, you know, it's really hard to be a, a, a senator or a representative in the state of Utah because you basically have to quit your job for for two months uh, to 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 do stuff, and so that doesn't afford the opportunity to your every you know every everyday average citizen who has a nine to five. So a lot of our people up on the hill end up being 
you know, business owners. And I, I don't think that Lizzie's Kitchen and, and your business is unique in the respect that there are several that, you know, there are tons of businesses in the state that did not reopen. The, the shutdown ended their business. Uh, and, and there are probably way more that are in the same boat as you where if you have to shut down again, if, if we made that call for some crazy, insane reason, it's going to destroy all of those local businesses. And it makes me think a lot of, you know, when tracks went in uh, in downtown Salt Lake, it destroyed Main Street. And it took 20 years for Main Street to come back in some respect. And it's still not back to the way it was before tracks went in. Uh, and I, I'm afraid of that happening again. For what it's worth, and in defense of tracks, um, the hollowing of our downtown began decades before. Oh, sure. Um, and, you know, that's suburban sprawl. And that the, the whole community that we have in Utah was designed about, around sprawl and the automobile. And so downtown had been suffering from, for decades. And something like tracks was like the death nail. You know, it was like it was the final boot. But, yeah, I mean, we got to be very cautious and look at our liabilities. And I think that that analogy that you made with track still applies right now because we have to look at the other factors impacting the uh, broader picture here right and 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 what i mean is our government may not say we're shutting down but if the general public doesn't feel safe to go out and eat if they don't feel like they can go engage in the economy then we've effectively shut down the economy and that's a problem right um and so i think to your point um businesses are going to probably start fading away. We're already seeing it happen. You know, Maza on 9th and 9th, a staple of that community, uh, been there for, you know, two decades and, you know, really a, a stellar establishment shut down, right? Really? I didn't um, know that. Tortilla Station up in Farmington that makes the best tacos. Gone. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, tacos, Farmington Rest Station. Rest in peace, tacos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's <laughs> happening all over, and not just, I mean the valley in particular in the Salt Lake Valley area, but it's happening all over. I so I get Jim DeBacchus's email that comes with all of the you know fun little videos and stuff, and I was listening to his little live thing that he did today, and I love him, but I was a little frustrated with him about wanting to shut down the state completely for three weeks and thinking that the virus will be gone. That's that's a huge misnomer. That's not what's going to happen. There's not a cure for this. There's not an inoculation for this. And they don't think that there's a herd immunity for it. There's a lot of evidence to show that that it's going to just be something that we have to learn to treat just like we learned to treat the flu. We've got to find a way to do it. And and that maybe just the future of the world of the you know and of the United States included in that is just going to be a standard of wearing a mask the no shirt no shoes no mask no service like that that just might be what we're moving to and and it's 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 so frustrating when i cuz i i love the, some of these people that i hear saying this shut it down shut it down shut it down okay that's great you have money and you have a way to work from home and you have a way to maintain your health care and your lifestyle. If you shut down this state again in the state that it already is, you you are putting so many more people at risk of completely losing jobs, more people without health care, more people who are going to go homeless because your mortgage is still due. It doesn't matter. And if if 
these house, you know, then we start running into vacant housing. We run into homelessness. We run into trying to, to help the homeless and healthcare. And then we've already are struggling with trying to find places for homeless people to live. So now you've got families who are homeless. Like, I just think that that's a bad decision. I think it's short sighted in the case of people like Chris and I are lucky. I get to work from home. My job enables me to work from home. And so shutting down all of this stuff hasn't affected me, but I know people that it has, and I just don't think we can sustain that and, and remain a healthy state. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you, uh, you operate downtown quite a bit, uh, (laughs) between (laughs) living and running a business and, and all those things. Um, there's been a lot of civil unrest downtown, uh, in the last little bit, um, from the, the protests, uh, on the backs of the George Floyd murders, uh, and, uh, even up to, I don't know if today there were any, but in the last week, um, in particular, um, last Thursday after the, after Sim Gill brought, you know, his decision down not to prosecute, um, because his hands are kind of tied <laughs> by you folks on the Hill. <laughs> I, I'm just generalizing you with everyone else in the supermajority. <laughs> but, you know, um, how has that affected you? I mean, we've talked to some other people who live downtown that were like, yeah, it was like a, like a half a block and I didn't even notice it. I could hear it a little bit, but has that affected you? Cause your business is right by the murals even to have been hit a few times. Yeah. You know, it's been an eventful uh, couple weeks downtown. Um, and I'm actually surprised to see that these protests are continuing. This is such a, 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 a moment of, pride in my city, you know, to see us come together and to sustain um, a movement that's calling for, you know, an end to police brutality, um, you know, justice in our system um, and, you know, support for our black and brown brothers, sisters, community members, you know, um, we've got to seek racial and social justice if we want to find peace in our community. And if we want to get to that harmony that we were sort of speaking to earlier, um, we have to make sure that we're rectifying, you know, some real systemic issues. And so I'm proud of our community for standing tall. Um, you know, there's people out there that are doing things a little bit more dramatic. You know, uh, there's a lot of, you know, activism with the red paints, you know, on the, on the asphalt, which is incredibly symbolic. Um, there's a lot of frustration with the system right now that I get. You know, it's it's a frustration that I share with the protest and um, and uh, and I'm hopeful that I can be a part of a meaningful solution in the legislative process, not only next year, but, you know, in the in the long term future. I see a lot of uh, opportunity to collaborate with libertarians, for instance, um, uh, on various policies of criminal justice reform and uh, decarceration. And, um, you know, legalization of cannabis, for instance, um, very there's many issues where I think there's common ground in the legislate in the legislature. So I'm, I'm internalizing the protest very deeply right now um, and I'm paying attention and I'm showing up when I can. Um, I've been to, you know, a, a dozen or so over the last few weeks, and uh, it's really energizing to, per, to to bear witness to the community rallying like this. 
you know, recently I haven't been going out just because I'm nervous about the virus and I want to make sure I can stay healthy for my own purposes, but also for everybody in my life. So I, I'm doing a lot of social distancing right now. Um, from my balcony, uh, I see a number of the murals here in the neighborhood. You're right. It's just next to my restaurant and, um, and where I live. And uh, I know the artist and, um, I was a part of a big, uh, candlelight vigil for George Floyd when we sort of kicked off the murals. Um, and it's something that I hold very near and dear to my heart for that reason, but also because uh, when I was on the city council, uh, we, you know, I was able to spearhead this um, mural uh, program in the granary district over by Fisher Brewery Brew Pub <laughs> and a few others. An, it's so incredible. And so, you know, this is a, in, a, in some way an organic community protest um, continuation of, of the murals that I, I was able to at least participate in uh, in an official capacity. And that's just public art, you know, so that's not all the social justice stuff, which is incredibly important right now. Um, but yeah, I guess um, it, it, it's really great to be downtown. It's great to be a resident of the city. Um, and I and I hope that these folks that are out protesting in the street uh, continue to educate themselves on the process and engage in the process. Um, and I have a couple bills that I'm drafting for the 2021 legislative session relating to the criminal justice system. Um, one of the committees that I sit on is uh, it's called Executive Offices in Criminal Justice. And so it oversees the budget for the governor's office, the attorney general's office, the court system, adult probation and parole role, um, highway patrol, all of the, the criminal justice system that we fund as a state is, an, is a committee that I sit on. And, and I'm really eager to participate in conversations next year about how we prioritize our funding for public safety in the state of Utah. Because, you know, one thing that I'm interested in furthering is a conversation on on funding of our law enforcement. I don't have any reason to, you know, go ahead and defund right now, but I do think that we need to be talking about what outcomes we want from our public safety officers and how do we get there. And I do believe in shifting resources, you know. Um, I was just going to ask because I think that that term was – assigned to the situation inappropriately that it's more reallocation than defunding but perhaps i'm my brain is misinformed yeah i mean i think we have to make real meaningful shifts that will take a generation to fully express themselves and this is you know early child you know early childhood intervention when we have problems that means funding social workers that means funding pre-kindergarten education that means providing you know making sure that we have a healthy economy where people are able to take a paycheck and you know, meet their obligations and live in a good high quality home um, or an apartment or but just to provide for themselves. And we need to make sure that we have a healthy uh, education system, which Utah constantly comes up short on. Uh, we need to make sure that we're funding um, healthcare. I'm a believer in universal healthcare. I believe that we need to provide that at a bare minimum. And so I think those sorts of like s- structural changes need to take place in, in, in our political system. Um, and uh, and so anyway, those are broader conversations. But, you know, when it comes to the police, I want to make sure that if somebody gets in a fight on the corner of the street and the police are called, uh, you want a police officer to show up. Sure. But do you want them to be pulling the gun out first and foremost? Right. Do we want, we need to make sure that we're you know putting our police officers statewide to good training. But also, instead of sending them just another police officer that's fully loaded, maybe we're sending back up in the form of a, um, a social worker. Right. And somebody that can engage 
the emotional and behavioral issues that exist in our community because they're a lot and people go through hard times and they are people feel lost and alone and you'd be surprised what somebody's capable of and we want to make sure that we're allowing them to uh, have access to resources so that we can stabilize folks and we can de-escalate situations and make sure that the police are truly that community asset that shows up when there's a problem, right? If it's domestic violence, you don't want a police there escalating it, right? You want, you need, you need that social worker and definitely an attorney, right? So, <laughs> or somebody that understands the process at least, you know, three day waiting period, right? Yeah. right. 30, 30 day, right? Well, gonna... <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say San Francisco um, legislation has already moved moved um to create these um i'll call it a subgroup for lack of a better term but they are not sending cops anymore to non you know uh to non-emergency calls they have now created a a a group of people i don't know if it's social workers i was just talking to a local business owner um that he is from San Francisco and he was talking about that. And he's been part of the whole um, black business owners. He has a local food truck and, you know, that, so those conversations are happening. And I don't know if you saw on the news today that today the Utah County Sheriff's office is actually held a meeting uh, about teaching how to do de-escalation techniques and how to deal with stress and trauma. So the conversations are starting to happen. I just, I think I'm, I'm like you, I hope they continue. Well, I, I was going to say uh, on a, you know, on a statewide level, having control of where those funds get allocated, we can direct training for law enforcement officers to be de-escalation training, you know, not, not how to, how to you know gun someone down or how to react in a in a high stress situation, but also how to to walk on that group with a, that's having a fight and de-escalate the two people. Well, I so you know I always see police as friends. I've never had a problem with them. I don't have any kind of a background or whatever. But there are a lot of people that don't. And when you're in a high stress situation, and this is going to sound kind of funny, but my my fiance and I have this discussion all the time. When I'm upset and he tells me to calm down. I get pissed. <laughs> like I want to throw fisticuffs, right? Like I'm mad. And and I think in some situations where there are two people fighting and the cops show up and they're like, all right, everybody, you know, calm down, calm down, calm down. It actually does make a situation worse. And so to to those ends that Jessica was talking about, if, if we can – and you – uh, if we can send kind of both so that there's a cop there in case something becomes dangerous, but there's also someone there that doesn't use those those magical words that that make it worse, but tries to assess the situation to try and 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 calm calm the situation down because I I, I do think in this society the way that things are going, um, the pressure of COVID and the Black Lives Matter mu- movement and and all of that kind of stuff, everybody is super duper on edge and everything just gets worse. Everybody's afraid of what's going to happen. So good. That's a great plan. I'd love to see it happen. And in fairness, you know, we've really militarized our police force nationwide over the last, you know, couple of years, you know, last probably two decades, it feels like it's beefed up a lot. And a lot of that is in the form of federal grants um, and the way that, you know, agencies accept support 
uh, and money from, you know, the, the federal government. So we got to keep in mind that a lot of this stuff happened without the general public realizing, you know. Um, and so I think we just need to be intentional about what, what do we want our communities to be like? What are some of the, like I said earlier, outcomes that we want from public safety? And let's really invest, let's drive our resources in that corner and really build up that sort of infrastructure. Um, and so I see a huge opportunity in the future um, with, you know, the role that I play in that committee. And, and I intend to advocate for this going forward. That's awesome. Salt Lake's got a Salt Lake's got a good representative or a good senator on their hands. I like your I like your positivity. It's it, it's refreshing to see you kind of turn some of the things that we've either just looked at just kind of in a flat way or in a negative way to see a positive turn on it. And I think that that's what we need right now is to be able to find the bright spots in the the dark times. So again, thank you for for doing that. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And when I'm generally an optimist, when I'm not rage tweeting, um, (laughs) (laughs) you, well, I, I just, you're talking about creating these bills and I know, um, that Sim Gill just released, um, I think it was like 22 things that we can, can work towards. Um, is that something that you would work with him in creating this, this better system? Absolutely. And, um, you know, this came at this uh, proposal by our district attorney, Sim Gill, is an important policy document to guide conversations. Um, And it's surely not a comprehensive list, but, you know, him releasing it after his um, decision on uh, Bernardo, I think is an important symbolic move as well, because it it has shown that we are at a head, you know, we're at a turning point now in the conversation on police brutality where action is needed and necessary. And I think we can, you know, get some stuff done this next legislative session. And I would credit Sim uh, in this moment, probably uh, in the future for having really, you know, guided that with this document. Um, I think that there are things that he outlined that should have been done a long time ago, you know, um, but hey, here we are. So let's get let's get to work. Um, uh, I'm really interested in data and transparency. I want to know, um, you know, data on our police agencies statewide. I came from Salt Lake City when I was a council member. We oversaw the Salt Lake City Police Department, but that's just one department in the state of Utah. So now I'm excited to really get into statewide policing standards um, and ways that we can bring that because Salt Lake City has such a high bar for our police officers. We pay them really well, uh, but we also are the most progressive and forward thinking. We've been doing de-escalation for years. And of course, look what happens to Bernardo and many others. Things still happen. So there's a lot more work. Training is just the you know bare minimum. We've got to get in and start looking at resources and, and investment in other forms of policing like we were talking about earlier. Um, but something that Sim Gill is speaking to is the justice system and the way that we interpret what is the justified use of force in a situation like that. And this cuts beyond just de-escalation training. This is how we as a society um, choose or not to choose to punish people when, when something bad happens, like the killing of somebody, the murder, ultimately, you know, the, the taking of somebody's life. Um, and if, you know, the question here, uh, something that I've been thinking about a lot because Bernardo was killed just a block away, right in front of these murals. Right. So mm-hmm. I remember, you know, waking up at two thirty in the morning to the gunshots, keep in mind, you know, he was shot 34 times with a, you know, a gun, right? Like, Somebody shot 34 times. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, (laughs) 
it, it, this is clearly in my opinion, you know, in my opinion, this is an excessive use of force, right? Uh, maybe if it was life and death, you know, maybe he needed to lose his life. I don't know. You know, like I'm not here to say that to choose one to choose who gets to live and who gets to die. I just don't think that, you know, we should be killing people in the streets of our city, even if there's a complaint and a legal issue at hand, you know, I mean, that's what the justice system should be for. You know, if Bernardo was guilty, uh, then we need to have him go through the, the due process that the courts provide. You know, that's that's bare minimum of being an American, right? Like we have to have access, innocent until proven guilty, ultimately, right? And I just hate when people die in our streets at the hands of our law enforcement officers. Uh, and so, you know, we're tying all this together, right? Um, there's a lot of change policy, politically, you know, from a policy angle that we need to address, but there's all this community frustration that's being worked out in the streets right now. Um, and so that was my little soapbox. So apologies. That's okay. It's a good. You can soapbox. stay on it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, I've I've always, I always have questioned why police are trained to shoot to kill, um, and and I think part of it is because most police forces don't actually get a lot of gun gun range time. But to me, uh, if if you're a police officer, if you want your police force to truly allow the justice system to do its job. You are not training them to shoot to kill. You're sh- you're training them to disable. You're training yeah. them to to shoot people in the legs, to to shoot people in the shoulders, not center mass, not the head, and not unload a full clip into someone. Uh, and I, I it, but but that's not how police are trained. Generally speaking, they are trained shoot to kill. If you point a gun at someone and you fire it, you are trying to kill them. You are putting them down. And, and I. Get part of the reason for that is because you should only be doing that when you feel like your life is in imminent danger or the public's lives are in imminent danger. But I think there are other ways, just like with de-escalating situations with words, even when you're talking a firearm that you could, you could render someone incapable of harming others a little bit easier. I'm not saying that's the case across the board, but certainly when someone's been running away from you, whether they're turning around and grabbing a gun or not, there are ways to render that person um, a lot less harmful or a lot right. less of a danger. Because he, he definitely was a danger. He had a gun. He was aggressive. Like, he, they couldn't just let him run away. Like, I hear the family saying he was running away. He wasn't a danger. But I don't feel like that was the case either. But but shooting him that many times, I feel like, was also wholly unnecessary. Anyway, um, that's a little little dark. We so we're not gonna we're not gonna end there. We're not gonna end there. We have one one more thing, and but, it's a happy thing. Well, the first thing is, how do people get food from Laziz? So, um, I, are you guys at the market? I don't think you're at the market. Yeah, I totally okay. bought some hummus the last Did two weeks. I, I say, think we might have just passed it. I know we're, salsa diablo. We're just headed there, but, right there and getting our stuff and leaving. Let me just say, the mahamara uh, as pizza sauce is the most amazing thing ever. Ooh, that so because. Yeah, I love I love your stuff at the market, um, but like like you said, most of your business is now shifting to uh, takeout uh, type yeah. of atmosphere. So, how can people get uh, get a hold of you guys and get your delicious food? Well, thank you for the question, and uh, we are on all the ordering platforms. So, Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub. If you order from our website, they don't take thirty percent, so that's also great. Um, they will also deliver all the way out into Gangland on the west there side. There you go. So it's worth it there. Um, but yeah, so you can order on our website. Uh, we, you know, we do have a small setup at the farmers market. We got our start as a business at the farmers market. So I, you know, COVID nineteen threw a real big wrench into the wheel of 
what is typically a very lively Saturday event. Uh, but the farmer's market is sort of a, a bare bones version of what it once we are there nonetheless this year. Um, and so you can swing by on Saturdays and say hello. Um, and I'm going to, yeah. by the way, I'm going to start working for Derek so he can do an ask a senator and I'll just sit next to him and run the business so he can answer people's well, questions awesome. like the old coots. <laughs> Well, if you're serious, then we could take this conversation offline and put down details. <laughs> uh, you, we have we each other's number. Let's do it. I'm in. That sounds good. That sounds like yeah. a good idea, Jess. Um, so one other one other question for you. It's super important. Um, this is a, a a little bit newer. So you've already asked, you know, answered uh, a different version of this question. So we're going to ask you the new version. What's one thing in Utah that you couldn't bear to live without? Oh, the mountains. I mean, that's the easy answer, but the mountains for sure. Um, Derek has his thinking finger in his mouth. Yeah. It's a good thing you're not here because all the COVID that would be spread around. around your face. Yeah, I'm, I'm self-quarantined in my home with just my dog, which do you want to say hi to my dog? She's yeah, laying right here. Yes. Aww. <laughs> so that's my pup. Um, and let's see. The one thing I can't live without... You know, honestly, it's like a good, just like Fisher beer, like down the street. It's, you know, I walk, I can, yeah, I can go get a can, you know, it's just, we're going to move our camera so that you can see our dog too. Cause she's sleeping on the, she's sleeping on the, I think, I think there is such a fun, a fun, showing the curtain. There There, we go. go. Hi. Hi cutie. Her Her name is Phoebe. She just turned a year old. Phoebe. Adorable. Look, there's Chris's face. Oh, and I see Chris now. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> You're the man with the nice voice. Nice. Yep, that's him. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is awesome. Now you Turn can see your yourself. speakers off. I got it. Okay. The, the water bottle fell. Um, I think Fisher Brewing is such a cool concept because um, I know that there was an issue with like. Um, doing the food and liquor together. And I love how they've gotten food trucks to come and be outside so their awesome. bar. Yeah. So awesome. Also, that's right by your house, right? So you can just walk over and get food truck food anytime you want. Yeah. <laughs> how are you not, and how are you not fat from Ruby Snap and... cookies? Oh yeah. The Ruby snaps. Okay. So the special <laughs> that she does for uh, Valentine's day, um, it's this incredible like red velvet cookie. It's, the bomb like that's actually my answer my answer Scarlet is ruby snaps very... february uh, red velvet cookie uh, is something i can't live without that was the first <laughs> cookie i ever had of hers actually i i have I, I my my favorite cookie of hers has been the the um tahini cookie for a long wow. time but so that good. that oatmeal cookie with the apricots and stuff in it i don't know what that one's called it's so good her new rhubarb one is amazing it's oh. like cobbler as a cookie the one that she had last month just the june cookie that was a really good one i can't remember what peanut she has two she usually does two not the peanut butter one no it was it was a different one peanut butter jelly one was i'm ready for us that's some sweets now yeah (laughs) well and and i deliver yeah so tomorrow morning just just have them deliver like they do it almost They do it almost instantly. But then somebody could deliver it to his door. Oh, yeah. If you're you know, maybe I'll take my dog for a walk around the block, which I do every <laughs> evening anyway. And 
That's an excuse to get a cookie, right? There, there you, go. you go. There you go. See, that's easy when you live by it. You can just stop in and get one. I don't yeah. get to go over there very often, so I always bring back like a dozen, and then I have to eat them because they'll go bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you let them go bad. <laughs> Derek, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a, a pleasure to talk to you again. Uh, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate the conversation and hearing all of you laugh and talk. And this is such a fun conversation to be a part of. So thank you so much. And I hope everybody's staying healthy and well. What's your trying? Come back anytime and let's chat about that booth. <laughs> you got that's it. On that's on you. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for the show tonight today whatever i don't fucking know what it is anymore did you just throw your pen <laughs> <laughs> throw your pen in frustration another I show say, has i always come say to night because it's night i mean it is night it's like still light outside it's like uh eight almost eight thirty okay. um but um yeah Get uh, involved thanks. thanks derek that was uh a fun conversation um i'm glad that we got the audio connection issues worked out within the first couple of minutes that would have been frustrating that I get to talk to him because he is so intelligent and he's so right in the middle of everything that's happening. I think it's nice the- to hear a nice positive voice. I think that's something else that I like about Sim is he he's very rarely really negative about anything. He really tries to um, keep things on a positive note and it's really easy to go down those rabbit holes. So it's nice to talk to these people that can make a, make a good decision and be positive. Yeah, I, I think what made the most out of Derek is, you know, even in the, it's just what you said, like in the conversation about the protest, for example, um, his spin on it wasn't, it was, it's really good to see the community coming together. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that. And that's, that's a, right. a great way to look at it, that this is something that's polarizing and it's drawing people that otherwise maybe would not come together to, to come together and to say something. And I will say this because we haven't really talked a lot, uh, other than that, that brief conversation about the DA's decision. Um, the vandalism is shit. Breaking windows at the, at the DA's office, making death threats against the mayor and the DA are bad moves. They're, they're horrible people that are doing those things and they should be brought to justice. The the painting uh, and flyering of the DA's office, I know paint is, is vandalism, but I think that is the kind of protest vandalism that makes sense to me. Right. Well, Derek used the word symbolic. That's it's exactly what it is. And it's cleanable. And it, is, it is. It's cleanable. It's it is the most powerful imagery I have seen. In three months of, and really in like a full well, there, month and a half of protests. A, I think it's, I, I, I think it's a library square. There's a hand, a sculpture of a hand that during the first batch of protests that they painted red and that same thing. Like it was just, it was super powerful. Because to see it's that. just the stark amount of red and the red handprints on the, the sign into the DA's office. Like that is super powerful yeah, imagery. Breaking that's, the windows. That's what stupid. does that do? That's, that's just nothing. garbage. But creating that kind of symbolism of uh, of the blood was, and the pictures that have come from it, even from Sim walking out of the office, mm-hmm. like th- those are those are moments in history that have been captured that they're going to be around for yeah, a long that, time. Yeah, that picture moved me with him him walking down the stairs with that. But the pictures of the glass just make me frustrated. So anyway, thanks for listening. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at TNU Podcast. Yeah, because um, we're not four anymore. 
That's right. Um, we are also on Instagram with the same handle and Facebook, because if you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook. They're the same damn company now. Um, although we were on Facebook anyway. Um, you can reach out to us there. You can share our episode on whatever platform that you find it on. Uh, you can share our links. Um, and if you have something going on or you want us to talk about something, we're usually generally pretty happy to. We'll have anyone on the show that's not a douchebag. Um, we'll even, even have douchebags sometimes. Not uh, not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've ever had a douchebag where we're like, that guy's a douchebag, let's have him on the show. No. Um, but uh, we uh, we like to have people on the show. We're going to have a lot of interesting people coming uh, that are lined up, uh, which is really cool. Um, and uh, so we hope you, you tune into other episodes. Um, thanks to Folk Hogan for our music. I don't think we've thanked them in a while. We don't thank them enough. Can we ever really? No. Um, they didn't get to go to Europe, did Can they? Can you ever think? They well, weren't going to go until this fall. But yeah, that's they're right. not, not going to go. Yeah. They're not going to get to go, which nope. is really kind of a bummer. So um, those guys can use your support. Um, there are artists, uh, a couple of them. That's 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 it. That's what they do. They're artists, and so um, supporting them would be uh, be very helpful. Um, buy their stuff. Um, buy merchandise from them, buy their albums. Um, even if you already own them, buy a couple more. <laughs> it's really helpful for them. Um, and uh, I think that's going to do it. Uh, I'll just leave you uh, with with this. Um, make sure you always have a mask in your vehicle uh, because you should be fucking wearing it when you get out of your vehicle and you interact in any way, shape, or form with the public. Even if you're going to a drive-up, or drive through. I guess they're not called drive ups. They're called drive throughs. Like at Taco Bell or Burger King or some other shitty establishment that you shouldn't be uh, visiting. <laughs> you should be visiting like a Lizzie's. But regardless, even if you're going through a drive through, you should wear your mask when you interact with the person at the window. It's really the courteous thing to do. They're touching your hands more or less. Even if they have a little bucket, they're still within six feet of you, and you should honestly be wearing a mask. Yeah, boy. 